Welcome to This Is Peace, the podcast of Peace Baptist Church located in Decatur, Georgia. On This Is Peace, we're sharing all things peace, sermons, devotions, inspiration, and conversations at the intersection of faith and culture. At Peace Baptist Church, our mission is to make disciples and meet needs. Our number one goal is to help you seek, serve, and share God. Let's jump into today's episode. Your greatest chapter hasn't yet been written. I said your greatest chapter of your life has yet to be written. Y'all don't hear me today, you haven't seen God's best yet. Let's give God praise and anticipation for what he's doing, what he's bringing, who he's bringing, how he's doing it. Give him praise today. Come on, y'all. Amen. Let's let him know we have joy. We still have joy. We still have hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're able, Lord. You're able, Jesus. When we look around our lives, oh God, we see so much, oh God, that would cause us to be discouraged. But Lord, we choose to turn our eyes on you. We choose to believe your word and to stand on your truth today. We confess today on this November 19th, 2023, that Lord, you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we could think or even ask in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that your desire for us, Lord God, is good, and that, Lord God, you will fulfill the promises that you made to us in the name of Jesus. So we wait, Lord God, anticipating the arrival of your blessing. We thank you, Father, for its arrival. We know that it has an ETA, Lord God, calculated by heaven. And so while we wait here on earth, Lord God, we wait patiently. We wait prayerfully. We wait expectantly in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a good, good praise. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. High five your neighbor and tell him, I still got joy. <laughs> I still got joy. I got joy down deep in my soul. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Come on, give God praise for this praise team, y'all. Hey, oh, Lord, have mercy. My, 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 my. They make preaching easy. Y'all don't hear me. They said they make preaching easy. It's easy because they break up the fallow ground in our hearts and let us have a heart receptive for the Word of God. Amen. And we're so thankful and grateful for God's grace. Amen. And always sing on, on point of what I'm preaching. Many times I will share with Erica what I'm preaching on and Sometimes I, I don't, we don't, uh, we don't, I, I'm still in a prayerful moment, amen, and, uh, but I'm going to tell you how, that young lady must be, she in the Holy Spirit, come on, amen, and to know exactly what is needed to set up the messages every single week, and today we're going to talk about overcoming testing with joy, overcoming testing, trials, the testing of our faith that works patience and perseverance, Overcoming testings with jo- testing with joy. We're going to look at James chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. James chapter 1, verse 1 through 8. And we know that God is able. Those of you who are joining us online, thank you for being with us today. We're so thankful and grateful that you are there. Hallelujah. We wish you were here, but we're so glad you're right there. And we're believing for you as well. Amen. We're thanking God for what the Spirit of God is going to say to you. Amen. So hang in there. Amen. Put your, put your trust in God. There's a word for you today to give you hope in the midst of your trials and testing. Overcoming testing with joy. If you would mind standing for the reading of the word of God as we read these eight power pack verses here in James. Amen. Um, the half brother of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Speaking to us. Amen. Here's what James says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. They were scattered everywhere. So he's talking to these persecuted Christians who have been scattered because they had to leave Jerusalem because of the, the, um, of, 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 of the terror that was taking place, amen, um, 
uh, Miro and, and um, um, different other emperors, uh, uh, Caligula and others on, would, 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 would persecute the Christians, amen, and, and so they are scattered, if you would, around the earth. God uses persecution to send his word forth. Y'all hear me today? God uses what the devil means for evil for good. And sometimes he allows us to go through difficult trials and tribulations so that he can take us where we need to be. Amen. And so that's what he does here in this text and what he's been doing in the people of Israel there in the first century. Second verse says, consider it. Now, you're scattered. You, you, you're going through persecution. You are God's people. Amen. You are the 12 tribes of Israel. Come on, because he's talking to Christian Jews. He says, consider it. Here's how you got to consider your situation. Pure joy. Oh, y'all don't hear me. My brothers and my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, he calls them multicolored trials. The, the Greek of that is multicolored trials. That's what it means. Trials of various kinds. Financial, spiritual, emotional, relational. Amen. Political. Because you know that the testing, somebody say beep, it's just a test. All right, say beep, this is just a test. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. So that at the final exam, you will stand knowing a man that you have uh, done all that you supposed to do, not lacking anything, he says. If any of you, however, lacks wisdom, you need to know what's going on. Come on, um, you should ask who? Your neighbor. Call your pastor. Talk to your friends. Get on the internet. Call Dion Warwick and 900 numbers. No, ask God who gives generously to all, not just some, to everyone, to all without finding fault. He's not going to call you stupid for asking questions. He's not going to look at you like you should know that. He's not going to look at you and say, but, well, well, I don't understand, didn't we, didn't we go over that last week? He says, he's not going to find fault with you when you come with sincere questions. You're trying to figure out what in the world's going on. Family falling apart, money funny, hunting and run out the moon. What's going on? He says, just ask me and I'll, I'll give it to you. Answers generously without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. And when you ask, you come thinking that I got the answers. You got to know who you're talking to. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts it's like a wave of the sea. When you come with doubt with your questions, you're going to leave worse off than you started. You're going to be tossed to and fro, back and forth between this opinion and that opinion, blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Now, when you come to me with doubt and not faith, amen, I just say, well, you ain't ready to receive it yet. Because you don't even have the spiritual wherewithal to understand what I'm doing. So even if I told you what I was doing, it'll confuse you more. So I ain't going to tell you. I'm just going to let you keep going through and let you do all your stuff you want to do. Talk to who you want to talk to. Do all the things and answers and seek what you want to do. And then when you finally run out of strength, you'll be ready to hear the answer. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm preaching already. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I'm just going to leave you in that confusion until you come to me by faith. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Father, help us today to overcome the testing and the trials with perseverance, with patience, with endurance, with long-suffering, so that the seed of the Spirit will produce the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the great fruits of the Spirit that we need today is joy. Give it to us. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something because some of y'all younger people may not know what this is, but this was a toy that those of us, I'll be 60 in a month, in a year and two months. So those of us who were in the 60s and 70s, when we had um, toys, our parents would go to stores and get 
something that y'all got PlayStations and Xboxes. We had kaleidoscopes. Y'all remember the kaleidoscope? How many of y'all remember kaleidoscope? All right. See, all the, all the older folk raise their hands. There's a whole bunch of them for what in the world? So I want to show you on the screen. This is a kaleidoscope. That's what it looks like. And what it is is you would look inside the kaleidoscope. And we loved it. I mean, we, were, we, we held on to them. You have two or three of them with different colors in it. And, and, and inside the kaleidoscope is broken pieces of glass, multicolored broken pieces of glass. And, and, and I'm going to show you what it looked like if you looked inside. Show them, show them the next clip, if you would. And, and this is what you would see if you, if you, you, whoop, not that one. That's it. It's coming up. Amen. Um, multicolored pieces of glass. And when they return them, they're going to show them in a moment. We'll keep talking while it'll come up and you just show it while I'm talking. Uh, it, the, as you turned it, it would show different colors. It would show different, different, if you would, um, beautiful arrays and patterns out of, watch this, multicolored broken pieces of glass. That out of something that is broken, amen, and, 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 and all messed up, no, nobody wants it. If you turned it, what it would do is it would show you these different patterns. And so the more you turned it, the more you would see it differently. Amen. And you would say, ooh, ah. Oh. And we spent hours looking in the, in the kaleidoscope, amen, just turning. Hey, did you look at it? Did you see that pattern? Come on, amen. We did that, and it was, it was a beautiful thing. Now, that's how God does it for us, too, amen. Like God, who can take broken pieces of our lives and bring something beautiful out of it. The kaleidoscope took broken pieces of glass and made something beautiful out of it. And God can take the broken pieces of your life and my life and he can make something beautiful out of it. No matter how I turn it, no matter if it's financial or emotional or relational or even spiritual, he can take what Satan means for evil and make it something good. Somebody give God a praise for that. Yes, he can. He can take, amen, uh, if you would, what... What, 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 was, what was difficult and dark and make it light. He can exchange, as, as Isaiah says in Isaiah 61, he can exchange uh, ashes and make them beautiful. He can take the spirit of heaviness in the season of heaviness, um, Isaiah says in 61, and he can give us the garment of praise. And then he says he can take a man mourning and grief and give us the oil of joy that we can find joy even in the moments of our grief. Y'all don't hear me today. And if you keep turning it, I don't know what you're looking at right now. I don't know what broken pieces, but I'm telling you right now, just turn it and give God a chance to show you something different. Because the good news of the Christianity is that when you and I turn it over to Jesus, he can change things. He can change us. He can change the people who act like they can't change. He can change situations. He can make crooked things straight and dark turn to light. He knows how to do that. God comes, amen, to our pain, and he's able to make, amen, praise come out of pain. And, amen, out of trouble and tragedy, he can make a multicolored, joyful event that we'll look back on with a smile on the very things, Chucky, that we used to cry over. We serve a God who can turn our season of loneliness and confusion and isolation into something useful. Yeah, he going to use your hurt for something later. Yesterday in the men's locker room, we had a wonderful time. And it was, it, I, I, it was for me. I don't know if any man, other man got anything out of yesterday, but it was, I, 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 it was for me. It was for me. It was for me. We were dealing with mental health. And we talked about the fact that we stuff stuff, you know, all down underneath, if you would, in the unconscious and really haven't taken the time to deal with the stuff because you're just moving and going. Y'all don't hear me today. And I, I realized yesterday, which I've already known, but I, I accepted it, that I, amen, need a man to take the time to do what Dr. Snow told us yesterday, to really, amen, deal with the traumas of my yesterday. The stuff, I don't know if I fully grieved the, the, the challenges of my heart surgery four years ago. 
Amen. I don't know if the stuff that I went through with my older son, Joseph, amen, and his schizophrenia, and I don't know if I've really worked through that. Y'all don't hear me today. Just keep moving and going. And yesterday was such a blessing to this pastor. Amen. And I hope to the men who showed up, had about 75 or so of you all that came yesterday. Amen. And we had a wonderful time. Amen. But it's not what we receive. It's going to be what we do with what we received. Taking the trouble and concerns that we have and not stuffing them down, but lifting them up so that the Lord can clean out the pain that we buried deep down in our hearts. Am I helping anybody already today? A lot of us have stuffed our issues down like a man, an uh, iceberg, that on the surface you see a man, the, the top of it, but what's underneath the water is greater, and the trouble underneath the water that you, a man, have suppressed and repressed is, the, is what is causing us to be able to have the anxieties that we have, the troubles that we have, the sleeplessness. Now, I sleep good at night, but some of y'all don't sleep good at night. You're, you're troubled through the day. You take a pill to get up, you take a pill to stay up, and then you take a pill to lay down. Am I talking to anybody today? And, and what we got to do is we got to know that we can carry those burdens only so far in our own strength. We have to turn them over to Jesus. And we walk around carrying burdens and pain that we never deal with. And it destroys our present because we're not willing to deal with our past trauma. That's a lot of what we talked about yesterday. It was wonderful. It was great. But God can take our multicolored trials and bring joy out of it. I want you to know that. I want you to turn it again and know that God can take the thing that used to be the most difficult issue of your life, the persons in your life who hurt you. God can, amen, turn those crosses into crowns, and you got to trust that. God can do it. He can do it. He does it. In fact, most of this Bible was written by men, a man who went through multicolored trials. Even when we were overseas a few weeks ago, we were not far away from the island of Patmos where John, the Apostle John, was exiled for many, many years there um, uh, until he was released after the Caesar passed away and went back to Ephesus. Amen. But, 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 but for, for many years, John was exiled on an island by himself on the island of Patmos. He was in a season of isolation. But God turned his season of isolation into contemplation and gave him a great revelation, which is why we now have the book of Revelation. Born out of pain, born out of isolation, born out of a season of a man who would spend time with God alone and out of isolation came contemplation that revealed revelation that we still are living on today. I don't know what God's doing in your life. I don't know what God is producing out of your life. I don't know what blessing is God going to bring out of what you've gone through. I don't know how many people are going to be blessed by the story of your life and the tragedies of your life. I don't know how many people are going to be able to have a better marriage because you went through a divorce or you went through challenging times with the husband or wife that you're in. I don't know who is going to benefit from your childhood story, but if you keep on living and you keep letting God turn it around. He'll turn the multicolored trials of your life into something useful for somebody else. Somebody give God a praise. I thank him for it. I'm still in introduction. James is writing to the Christians who are forced out of Jerusalem and spread all over the world and he attempts to encourage them. He writes to them in their confusion and in their trials, in their multicolored terror. He says to them, amen, brothers, sisters, hold on. I like that. I like the fact that he identifies them as the 12 children of the 12 tribes of Israel. But then he comes around and says, I want to make sure you know who I'm talking to, you brothers and sisters. He's letting us know those of you who I'm talking to are Christians. He doesn't want them to think that just because they are Christians, they are exempt from trials. I want you to know that I'm talking to you Christians, that you're going to go through trials. He lets them know nothing is wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with God. It's just the way God develops us. He reminds them that God knows where they are, what they face, and what they need. God can bless you where you are. How many of y'all believe that? In the issue that you're in, in the circumstances that you're in, he don't even have to change the circumstances to change you. He doesn't have to relocate you to bless you. Oh, y'all don't hear me today. 
Right where you are, he can command a blessing in your stressing. God bruises often before he uses. Let me tell you, this is something people don't want to hear. One of the questions at the men's locker room yesterday was, um, um, what, what, what does, I forget the way they phrased it in, in scriptural, amen, but what, what, what can the child of God who loves God or something like this expect? And, and so we was, whoever got an answer got a $15 gift card. Folks said they can expect God's, you know, God's power, this, and all these different answers. The answer was suffering. That the child of God who loves the Lord, <laughs> who's following him, the Bible says that that person can expect, yes, blessings, yes, salvation, yes, peace, yes, all that. But the answer to the question was that you can expect you're going to go through some suffering. And what James is saying to them, you are the tribes of Israel, the most persecuted people on the planet. Come on, amen. At that time, amen. And, and you scattered all abroad, abroad. You're brothers and sisters in the Lord. You're part of the community of faith, but that does not exempt you from going through trials. Just because you're a member of Peace Baptist. I hope to God you didn't join Peace Baptist Church to escape trial, because we can't help you with that. I'm going to join the church so that I'll be under a safe covering so I don't go through anything. No, that is not why you join church. You join church so you can be around other brothers and sisters so that while you're going through, because you will go through, you got somebody who can pray you through and lean on them and encourage you. Y'all don't hear me today. It does not exempt us from trials, but it does equip us for trials to be a believer in the Lord. Jesus does this. He, 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 um, I don't, it's just the way, it's the pattern of the Lord. It's the way. Even almost everything we do in church and, and the, even the ordinances and the things that we do demonstrate that Christianity is true. We baptize. We're going to be baptizing some people at the 10 o'clock service today. And we baptize them by doing what? Dumping them in water, drowning them. The symbol of baptism is drowning, y'all to be risen to new life. Do you hear me today? The sign of Christianity, I tell you all the time, is a what? A cross, being crucified, having to carry a heavy weight up a hill and being crucified. Even in communion, the, the ordinance of communion, it is, it is, it is Jesus, Jesus showed it. He, he, he takes the bread, he blesses the bread, he breaks the bread, and then he uses the bread. There was these guys in the book of John, after Jesus' resurrection, they didn't know who Jesus, you know, they, they were all sad because they thought Jesus was the Messiah, and they've come from his crucifixion, and they're walking back to Emmaus, a town called Emmaus, and they're walking, and they're just, oh, we thought he was going to be the Messiah, whatever, and they're walking, and the Bible says Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, joins them on a the journey. So he's walking with these guys from Emmaus, and they don't recognize it's Jesus. They're talking all day. It's a long journey. And they're talking all day long, and they don't even know it's Jesus. They don't see the nail prints in his hands. They don't recognize anything about his face or who he is or none of that. And then they got to the place where they were going, and the Bible says he served communion. And when he took the bread, he took it, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it. And the Bible says, and their eyes were open. They said, that's Jesus, because they understood the pattern of Christ is that, that Jesus is not just in the party jumping around, turning water into wine. Yes, he'll do that. I preached that a couple of weeks ago. But where you really discover who he is and you really come to know him is when you understand how he takes us, blesses us. But then here's the part, breaks us to use us. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, I'm trying to tell you today, that's the pattern of Christianity. And if you join the church, if you join, if you came to want to become a Christian so that you would be exempt from pain, that this ain't the place. You need to join the YMCA. YMCA. You have a good time. You need to do something else. But being a Christian means that you will have to go through some stuff. But the good news is you don't go alone. God sometimes does this, and he sometimes puts us in these very difficult circumstances so that he can have us alone with himself so that he can show us that he's the source and the strength of our life. Amen. 
he sometimes does this so, so that we'll know, we'll come to understand who he is and whose we are. He does that. Um, when my kids were growing up, I got them a goldfish. Actually, a couple of goldfish. One of them, uh, that, you know, um, was called Guppy. Little Guppy goldfish. And I brought the goldfish home, and the goldfish cost 35 cents. But the castle and the rocks and all the little houses and stuff, because, you know, they say fish are very, very relational. They like, they like you know, they, you need to, you know, so they had toys. Little, can you believe it? Fish had toys in there. I'm the one brought all that for him. And I wanted to spend time with Guppy. So I'd go over to little Guppy and I'd Guppy, Guppy. And he wouldn't come. He'd go hide behind the house I bought him. <laughs> hide behind the toys I brought him. So I was upset. So I said, I know how to get you. I took the house. I took the toys to remind Guppy who was boss. <laughs> and let me tell you. Who was the source, amen? And, and that's what God does, that when we hide behind our houses and our cars and our money from the things that God gave us, he will then take those away so that we'll receive him, so that we'll be close. To, oh, y'all, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen out here. Let me tell you, it, it's how God operates. And so sometimes he puts us in trials, yes, to grow our faith, to produce mature faith in us, but also for us to recognize where we are so that we will be able, amen, to be better than we were before he uh, found us. God says to us, amen, that he will do that to us so we can go close to him. All right, let me get to the message. That was the introduction. Y'all good? Here's the sermon. Okay, I won't be but a few more moments. Amen. Y'all know I lie on that every week. <laughs> I will admit. Here's what James says. James says, and he, he tries to remind these 12 tribes of Israel, Christians who've been spread about, uh, spread apart because of their persecution in Jerusalem. Now they're all over the world. They're in Turkey. They're in, they're in, they're in these different areas and places that we went and visited, a man, many of us a few weeks ago. And, and so in James 1, 1 through 8, he reminds them, as a child of God, you'll go through multicolored trials. You have not missed God. Tells them that they need to count it all joy. Joy. Say with me, Joy. Joy will result, not just at the end of it, but joy will result while you're in it. See, joy is not something you get as a consequence of going through. Like the end of it, I'm going to get joy out of it. No, while you're going through, you should have joy. <laughs> Do you get that? Joy is not something you experience at the end of the trial. It's, it's what you experience while you're going through it. So if you, while you're going through, are not having that joy, and I'm going to explain it in a moment, what joy is, amen, then you have to check yourself and have to figure out what is it that God is trying to work out in my life. There's a difference between being happy and joyful. We're not all happy about everything. Who can be happy about death and darkness and disease and debt? Who can be happy about what we see happening in our world? No, no, happiness is based upon happenstance or what's happening it's, it's different that if, if I get a new car, I'm happy. If I get a new job and get a raise, I get happy. Amen. But sometimes you, 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 you feel happy and sometimes you don't. Come on, Almond Joy. Sometimes you feel like I'm, sometimes you don't. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. It's what's on the inside. Amen. All kind of trouble can be going on around you. Amen. But you can still have joy. Now, you high-fived your neighbor at the beginning of the message. Can you still? I still got joy. Tell you my whole story, what's been going on with me, but I still got joy. And see, in the moment that you get saved, you get the access to the eternal joy of God. You do. You get the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, you become my child. Jesus said this, and joy should remain. It's in the Gospels. Jesus says, joy should remain. It ought to be there, not fleeting, not based upon feelings but based upon faith and trust in who God is. Here's the good news. The seed of joy is within you the moment you get saved. The issue is you've got to nurture that seed for joy to manifest. 
Every one of you who are believers, what my believers, all the believers in the house, come on, well, yeah, here I am. You have the seed of the, of the, of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, come on, amen, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control, all that is in you. It's in there. It's, seed, it's in seed form, but you got to water it. You got to nurture it for it to grow. So I'm not preaching something that you got to go out to a man Amazon and Google and try to get it to your house. No, no man can deliver this. It's already been delivered to you. What you've got to do is use what you already have been given. So you got to consider what's going on in your life. Joy. It's trouble. Yes, it's hard times, but you got to consider it. He says, consider it. He's, but James is saying this, take another look at what you're looking at. And look at it in a different way. Turn the kaleidoscope to make it a new pattern. Make it look like something beautiful out of brokenness. Look at your trial again and see something you missed. Now, y'all know I love football. And in football, amen, the, 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 the official calls um, penalties on, on the field. And sometimes he calls a penalty and he says, amen, and he'll, he'll throw the yellow flag and he'll say, penalty. And, 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 he's, and it's 10 yards, or it's 5 yards, or it's 15 yards, whatever it is, amen, that's going to be a penalty. But sometimes the coach on the sidelines looks at the yellow flag and says, I got one bigger than that one, better than that one. It's a red flag. And he'll throw the red flag down and say, I want to challenge your yellow flag. I want you to take another look at what you thought was a penalty. What you thought was a deficit that would cause me to lose yardage, I see it as a way for me to gain yardage. Y'all, am I preaching better, amen, than, than, than y'all are clapping? I don't know. Amen. I'm trying to tell you, my brothers and sisters, sometimes you got to throw down a red flag on life and tell the enemy, tell your friends, and sometimes even tell yourself, amen, I need to take another look at this. Because it looks like it's bad, and it is bad. It doesn't make me happy, but oh, I still got joy. Because sometimes it looks like, amen, it's a penalty, amen, when the pass was thrown, and sometimes, amen, uh, someone will go out there and try to catch that pass, amen, but the defender will push them or pull on their clothes or hinder them in some way. And, 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 the, and the referee will say, you know, ball is dead. You know, it, it, we got to go back to where, amen, the line of scrimmage was. But the coach will throw the red, the, the, the red flag and said, I want you to look at that again, maybe. That's what I want them to do. Some of them plays, you know, New Orleans know about that. Come on, somebody, man. What would be good if the officials would do like God tells us to do is that we'll look at those because it might have been gains Yardage gain and not yardage loss in your life and my life if we just trust the Lord. Hopefully they will make that change in the NFL soon. <laughs> so that we can do what in our lives? Count it all joy. Pure joy. Pure joy, the Bible says. King James says, NIV says, pure joy. It, that, the count it, not just joy. Don't, don't read it fast, read it slow. Pure joy, because sometimes, here's, here's why you don't have the fullness of joy, because you mix your joy with something else. You mix the joy of the Holy Spirit with depression, with fear, with confusion, with doubt, with anger. And God said here in James that if you come with me with not faith and doubt, don't expect to receive anything of me. And so the reason why we're not experiencing the joy that God wants to give to us is because we don't have pure joy. We mix it with stuff. I grew up, amen, my parents, amen, always allowed us to cook french fries and stuff at home when we were young kids, and, and I had my kids do it well, and I do it today. We, and we, they cook, cook fries, and y'all know when you want some fries, you just can't wait to get them. They just so good in the oven or, or, or grease or whatever, however you do it, or air fryer today, amen, and ooh, Lord, I can't wait. And do you know how mad you get when you go into the cupboard? Or if you just do it wrong and put your ketchup in the refrigerator? Some of y'all put your ketchup in the refrigerator. I, I don't understand that. I don't like cold ketchup. So it, but you know how excited you are to get them hot fries, and then you're going to reach into the refrigerator or into the cupboard to pull out that ketchup, 
and ain't no ketchup in that bottle. It's somebody done put the ketchup, and it ain't about that much in there. Make me mad. I'd be like uh, Della Reese in, 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 in one of them movies. She wanted some orange juice. Y'all remember that? And she said, I fixed my mouth to get this orange juice. And who put that little swallow of orange juice? <laughs> one of my favorite lines of all time in movies. And I get mad like Della did. Hey, Amen. Who put this ketchup in here with that little bit of ain't nothing in the heart at the bottom? But I know how to fix it. I'll go to the faucet. Put a little water in it, shake it up. But I want to tell you something. I want to I I bust your bubble. That ain't ketchup, y'all. That's tomato water. <laughs> it's tomato water. And many of us are living life on tomato water. When God has for us Heinz 57 grace, Heinz 57 joy that he wants to pour on your hot fries of life. And what you've got to do is you've got to trust him to be able to give you pure joy. Amen. Because it's the, the potential and possibility is there. Face trials. How did I do this, though? How do I do this, James? You face trials, he says, with faith. Not because he says you've got to face it with faith because here's the issue. You're not going to be exempt from trials because he says not if you go through trials. He says when you go through testing and trials. It's not an if, it's a when. Face it with faith. Don't base your life and disposition on what you see. Get up and face it because you can't fix what you won't face. I know you got trouble. Face it with faith. I know you got issues with friends and family. Face it with faith. I know your money's funny, but face it with faith. Your faith, amen, will help you deal with what you are dealing with. This is testing of your faith. It's a test. Say with me, it's a test. Because God will test us. A, a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. A, let me say it again. A faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. And a test is how much we don't, it's not rather how much we don't know, you test how much you do know. He's not testing what you don't know. He's not testing how much of Leviticus you know, because probably none of us could really pass the test of Leviticus of what, <laughs> or some of this uh, answer, if I told you what was the book of Nahum about? Who is he talking to? We might not pass that test. But it's not about what you don't know. It's about what did you learn? What principles have you extrapolated? What, what things are guarding your heart? How are you living your life? What are the things and principles that you're living by? So God tests us to find out what we know, not what we don't know. We'll know what you do know. Some of us have test anxiety. Anybody ever have test anxiety? Can't take, and it's like, ooh, have a hard time taking a test. Well, my, my daughter, my granddaughter is about to take the SAT in just a few weeks, two more weeks. She's going to take the SAT, amen, and, 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 and I bought her a big old SAT book, practice book, and so I was looking through it, and on the first pages, introduction pages, it tells them, here's some principles to follow uh, if you have text anxiety. Number one, be prepared. Don't wait to get in the room taking the test, and you ain't studied nothing. That's like a lot of us. Don't wait till you get in the test or in the trial or the trouble comes, and then there here you want to exercise faith or you want to learn some stuff, you want to do some stuff. You got to prepare beforehand. It says get a good night's sleep before taking the test. We got to learn how to rest in the Lord and trust him and not be so anxious for all things. But in everything through prayer and supplication, let our requests be made known to God so that the peace of God may rule our hearts and minds through Christ. It says, read carefully the instructions. you got to read your Bible because you're blessed when you read it, just reading it. Even if it's not relevant to your right now situation, you're depositing it in your spirit for later consumption. It says, just start where you can. Don't look at the test answers and, and then look at, I don't know, number one, and, and, and stay there all day. No, just skip that, go to two, go to three, keep going, find something you can answer, and then come back and deal with the stuff that you can. That's what, in our lives, just stop, don't, don't get stuck. You, you, you do what you can do, and you trust God for what 
you need to do later. That what you need at the time, he'll give it to you when you need it. It says fuel up. Make sure you, 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 you have some food in you. Make sure you surrender and submit to the Holy Spirit. And here's, here's the last one it says, don't pay attention to what others are doing around you. Stop looking at what other folk are doing. Because half the time they don't know what they're doing either. You just make sure you run your race with patience, not looking to others, but looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He'll not only help you start it, here's the good news, he'll help you finish it. And here's the good news of, of test. That when, I, when, when James says it's a test, I say, oh, I like that because my God, our God, gives open book tests that all the answers that we need are right here. <laughs> There is no test that he takes us through that he has not provided the answers for. Somebody ought to give God praise for an open book test. So we come to verse 3, and he says, now, if you lack wisdom, no, excuse me, because you know the testing of your faith produces uh, perseverance, but let perseverance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, a man wanting nothing. He says, he says live off what you know and trust God for what you don't know. The testing of your faith will produce perseverance. Now, he's not saying you don't do anything. He's saying you don't sit there and just wait on a, log, a bump on a log. No, what you do is you do what you can do and let God do the rest. It means you endure your, and you press towards the future. You move forward despite trials. What he's really saying, let me say it this way. He says don't quit because we live in a quitting culture. Or we quit on people, we quit on marriages, we quit on church, we quit on God, we quit on ourselves. And James says, stay with it and don't drop out because if it's finished and when it's finished, here's the, here's the result. You'll be mature, you'll be complete, and you'll lack nothing. You'll be able to handle whatever new trials may come. You'll be prepared. This trial is preparing you for the next one. Just because you go through this trial, don't think there's not going to be any more. There's going to be some more. But because you went through this and you learned what you're supposed to learn, you're going to be better equipped for the next test. Because every test builds upon the other. And when the comprehensive test happens, the final test, you'll stand with a crown of righteousness that the Lord Jesus, the righteous judge, will give on that day. But not only to me, but to all those who learn the lessons that they need to learn in life, who long for his appearing. He's saying, don't give up, grow up. Persevere, move. Don't get stuck. God wants us to grow up because his number one purpose is, is, is to make us mature, to make us more like his son Jesus. So we live based on what we know. And what we know, we, we, we turn over to God. And what we don't know, we trust God for it. And he says, oh, if, you, if you lack wisdom, just ask him because God will give it to you. The difference between knowledge and wisdom is that knowledge is information Wisdom is revelation, interpretation. It, it, we need knowledge, we need the information, but what you need more is wisdom, how to apply it, how to apply the truth that you know. And so you do that with prayer, believing, and without doubt. Because if you do, if you doubt, he, he, he says, and if you have unbelief and you have doubt, you're like a wind I mean, rather, a wave of the wind, you're being tossed. You're being moved from one thing. One day you're righteous, the next day you're wretched. One day you believe, the next day you doubt. One day you're strong, then you're weak. He says, that's not how God, he wants you to be stable. He wants you to be stable. We were on the boat, on the, on the ship, huge ship, one of the largest in the world, amen, ship. And, 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 and most of the ship time, we didn't feel, we didn't even know you was on, you thought you was in the city because they have stabilizers on the ship. That, 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 that the bigger ships have these stabilizers that even if the wind and waves are tossing, they have ways to keep the ship. And God has placed in you and me a stabilizer. And if you keep on trusting and keep on believing, verse 12, he says that he closes, and at the end, you'll, you'll get a crown of life. You'll get something out of what you went through. So stop going through stuff and not get anything out of it. God knows how to give us what we need and what we, what we desire. Yes, he does. This, ain't for, this message is not for perfect people. This is for people who, who have, um, who, who say, I'm on, I got a trial. I'm going through difficult stuff, but I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep showing up. 
I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep coming to church. I'm going to keep clicking online. I'm going to keep doing whatever. I'm going to keep on reading my Bible. I'm going to keep on showing up till my change comes. Last night, I was at Pastor Brian Bullard's um, service and community fellowship is one of our daughter churches that we planted many years ago, 17 years ago, believe it or not. Amen. And so they had their 17th anniversary last night. Amen. And I went and, uh, and they're celebrating this morning as well, but I'm here with you guys. So I went there Saturday night at the banquet and had a really great time as they celebrated 17 years. Amen. And, I, and today at three, I'm going to Shoshana uh, Hagen's. Amen. Uh, she's uh, ministering there in Monroe, Georgia. So I'm going there to preach. Amen. At, at at, at the church and, and just uh, see God, them go to a whole nother level, amen, and I'm thankful and grateful for what God's doing, and I'm going to say some of the same thing, not this message, but I'm going to say this, what I'm about to say to you, to them, like I said to Brian last night, and, I, and I'll say it to, to Shauna today, and I'll say to you right now, amen, sometimes you just got to show up with a limp. You got to show up with your brokenness and, and, and believe that God can turn it into something beautiful. He can turn it. You just got to show up. Just keep showing up and not quit and just, just keep going. Don't, don't lay in the bed. Don't pull the covers up. No, no, no. You, you, you keep going. I, I tell them and I tell you, amen, every week I preach with a limp. I do. You know, I, I, please don't think there's a perfect guy here. I'm, I ain't got no craziness that's going to show up in the newspaper. I ain't got nothing that's going to make y'all kick me out of church or bring any embarrassment to you, but I, I want you to know I ain't a perfect man. All you got to do is talk to Tabitha and my children and Jock the dog, and they all will tell you he's not a perfect man. And so I, I mount this pulpit week after week with a limp. I show up, though. I come. Show up. I, I, you keep pushing. You keep pressing. I, I opened this message about those subconscious stuff that I know I have buried down, that I have I preach to y'all all the time about, take your burdens, and I realized there's some stuff I hadn't even taken to Jesus myself. There's some stuff I need to have a talk with Jesus with, but I also need to talk to a counselor. <laughs> I need to talk to somebody. I need to get, because it's just jump in the trunk. Bitterness and anger and Feelings or whatever I feel down deep that I didn't even know was there. But that doesn't stop me from showing up here and preaching James chapter 1 verse 1 through 8 to you. Because I show up with a limp just like Jacob. Jacob in the Bible. Jacob in the Bible. Amen. He wrestled with God. He said, but I ain't going to let you go until you bless me. And the Lord touched his hip, broke his hip, and he limped the rest of his life. But he did what God wanted him to do with a limp. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to do it with a limp. I'm going to limp. I'm going to do it with a limp. Adam, yesterday at the men's thing, he, he's a praise and worship leader we had. He did a great song. He, he sung a song called Limp, Limp, Limp. It was like limp. He says, do it with a limp. That's why, that's what, this is why I, I said last night, and I'm saying to you all, that he made me think, limp, limp, limp. Do it with a limp. Do whatever you got to do with a limp. Raise your family with a limp. Love people with a limp. Go to work with a limp. Share Jesus with a limp. Keep on doing what God has called you to do. Keep showing up. Keep doing. Keep pressing. Even with broken pieces in your life. Because before God uses, he sometimes bruises. I mean, I say sometimes. He always bruises before he uses. But you got to keep on going. I'm going to close with this. One of my favorite stories of 2012 in the Olympics uh, there in London, Montero Mitchell. Some of y'all know where I'm going if you know anything about track. He was the number one leg in a four-man relay on the 400. There was, they, if they won that heat, if they won that, they were going to be in the finals, USA, in the finals. He was man number one, three other men behind him. He's got the baton in his hand. Bam! He's running, he's running, he's running. And in the middle of the race, pop! He felt something snap, he said later. He knew it was his leg. But here's what I love about him. He kept on running. He ran another 200 meters on a broken leg, handed the baton to the next guy, 
and they were able to win. Y'all don't hear me today. They asked him later, trying to close, they asked him later, why didn't you stop when you knew your leg was broke? Why did you keep running through the pain? Why did you keep going through the suffering? Why didn't you quit? Nobody would have judged you. Nobody would have said anything bad about you when that man walked out your life. Nobody would have said anything about you, amen, when hard times happened and people lied on you. Nobody, listen, I'm talking about you now. Nobody would have said anything about you when you had that doctor's, amen, diagnosis for you just to quit and roll up into a ball and never come out again. Nobody would have Nobody would have judged you. Why did you, I'm going back to him now. Why did you keep running 200 more meters when you knew your leg was broke? Here's what he said. It it's, 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 should be in the Bible. If it was, Bible had been written, this would be in the Bible. He says, I didn't quit because behind me were three other brothers who were dependent on me to finish the race. <laughs> that right there ought to be in the Bible, but it's not. I couldn't quit because there were Three other guys behind me that depended on me to finish the race. I don't know who I'm preaching to here today. I don't know who I'm talking to who's thinking about quitting. I don't know who it is that's in a multi-trial, multi-colored trial, and you're going through times of testing. But I got to tell you, you can't quit, and it's not just for you. It's for the people coming behind you. There are some people who need your faith. There are some people who need your tenacity. There are some people who need your perseverance. Keep on running the race. Keep on doing it. Y'all don't hear me today. Somebody give God some praise. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your word today. Thank you for what you said in our hearts to hopefully encourage us not to quit like our culture quits, but to, Lord God, press on like our Savior taught us. Though we be scattered abroad, though we be in trials and tribulations, Father, we are also seated with the word, seated with the spirit to be able to produce works of righteousness that will produce light in the midst of the darkest of days. And so we pray that you help us today as we, Lord God, put our trust and our confidence in you, in Jesus' name. Somebody give him praise. Come on, let's do that right now. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's thank him. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you for joining us today. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey with Christ, we want to celebrate with you. We also have some resources to help you on your journey. To find out more about Peace Baptist Church, head over to our website at thisispeace.org. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Peace.